Hey guys, Alana Terry here, and welcome to another backyard edition of the Successful Writer Podcast. I am here with the dogs and all the mosquitoes, and there's the squeaky toy trying to enjoy a little fresh air without getting eaten alive. That is Alaska's biggest challenge. I hope that wherever you are right now, that you are safe and well and provided for. And I also really hope that you are weathering all of the tumultuous goings on that are going on with as much peace and grace as can be expected. I hope that your writing is going fabulously and that whatever projects you might be working on, whether that's book related or marketing related, that things are going really, really well for you and that you're finding lots of energy and inspiration. So over here, I have just wrapped up a kind of intense week and a half long launch of my Facebook ads challenge and course bundle for authors. If you were able to purchase that before the expiration on Sunday, I just want to give you a big hello and welcome, especially to those of you where this might be your first time hearing the podcast as a result of joining me on that webinar or joining me for one of my Facebook ads trainings. Huge welcome to our new students and new listeners. For those of you who have been around with me on the podcast for a while, that is why I didn't have an episode last week. I was busy getting ready for the training. We had a webinar on Facebook ads, and then I just launched a course and mastermind walking authors through Facebook ads. And I hope that if you didn't get to join us this go around, that if we ever launch it again, that we can count on you to jump on board with us. So for those of you who are interested in learning more about my courses or things like that, you can see what is being offered right now at courses.alanaterry.com. So what I wanted to talk about in this episode is a little bit of um, an expansion of what we talked about in the most recent episode. So in the most recent episode before this, it's where I was talking about things that I learned kind of from this whole pandemic slash lockdown about just life in general as well as my career and that's also where I mentioned that kind of is a direct result of all these crazy going-ons that our family is going to be moving into a much smaller town much slower pace and we're really looking forward to that we don't have the exact moving date yet but we are expecting it to be probably by the end of June or early July that the whole family will be out there and hopefully enjoying a quieter, slower pace of life with sadly more mosquitoes than here, but everything else is going to be for sure a benefit. And it's something that everyone in our family is looking forward to. But it got me thinking, our family has moved a lot in the last several years. And it's a big pain, but something neat that has come is that with each move, there have been some very specific and unique lessons that I've learned either about business or creativity or things that have helped me in my writing career. And as opposed to just like a steady curve up in my career, there really have been points where things have shot up. In terms of book sales or revenue or any of these metrics you want to measure 
and then kind of like stayed where they were at and then shot up again. That's kind of been my growth trajectory. And what I realized kind of thinking about getting ready for this move that we're about to make is that all these other moves that we've made have kind of correlated with really big shifts in my career. And those shifts in my career came as a direct result of shifts in my mindset and lessons that I learned specifically because of where we were. So, you know, it really feels to me like in each place that we lived, there was like one specific lesson that I was meant to learn. And once I got that, it was kind of like, okay, time to move somewhere else and learn something else. So I, I really hope that that pattern is not going to keep on repeating indefinitely because it is exhausting. But I wanted to share some of these lessons with you guys. So this is kind of going to be a three-ish year recap of the different levels where my writing career has gone and how the mindset changes that I found in these different locations where we were were absolutely responsible for increasing the amount of success that I was able to find. So the first real kind of stage in leveling up my business was a direct result of a move we made five years ago now when our kids were five, seven, and nine. We had been living in Anchorage. We were very, very involved in a lot of homeschool groups and activities. We had a son who was getting occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, doctor's appointments multiple times a week. So every day we had like two to four places to go, things to do. We were away from home at least as many waking hours as we were at home. I had written some at that point and writing really was what happened at night. The kids were young enough. We had a pretty early bedtime. So writing happened at night or, you know, on a strange day where there wasn't much going on, running around. It happens kind of when I could fit it in. And then my husband took a job as a pastor in a super small community of about 300 people. It was about a four, four and a half hour drive away from Anchorage. And this is kind of our first taste of super small town, Alaska life. And what I loved about it was we stopped having all those places to go all the things to do. There really wasn't the same type of homeschool community out there. And so what we did was I homeschooled the kids in the morning and that was my no writing time, my break from writing time. We focused on homeschool and then we had lunch and then the kids went to the public school for electives in the afternoon. And so I had like a two and a half hour chunk of time from when I dropped them off until they got home that it was just me in the house. And it was the first time where I had the house alone to myself. It was the first time I had an office to myself. And it was really the first time where I was able to maintain an actual schedule. So basically it was every day from 1230 to three, I would write and then I would do more writing after dinner from about seven to nine. And I had that set time every single day the, we lived in that area for about three years, and honestly, there was probably only like a total of five days or something where I didn't maintain that schedule. And in a way, it was great and exactly where I needed to go in order to create more books, have more disciplined 
outlook on things. I don't have that same degree of like every day looks exactly like itself right now. And I don't think I would want that to stretch out indefinitely. But for that period, it was exactly what the business needed for me to get many, many books out, really focus on the productivity side in terms of, you know, actual production, um, getting the books out and having the set time to do it and the set space to do it was really, really important. So we spent about three years in that community, and then we had some major church politics, church drama, and we left in kind of a hurry and unexpectedly. It was a um, stressful, tumultuous time for my husband and me, and we ended up moving to a slightly larger, but still small, like instead of 300 people, maybe like 400 people in another small town. And what I found was with that move, the creativity had dried up. I had gone three years writing and working hard five hours a day, five days a week. I was to the point of creative burnout that in addition to all of the stress from the church drama, the job loss, the unexpected move was enough that it was like four months of not being able to work on fiction. It was my longest stretch of writer's block by far. It very much freaked me out. And so what I decided to do was to focus on kind of healing my muse is how I looked at it. I had treated my creativity as this workhorse for these three years where I was just writing and writing and writing. And like I said, I'm glad that I learned that discipline and I'm glad we had the schedule where I could maintain it but it was not something that could be sustained for like decades and decades. And I also realized, and I talked about this in the last episode, I'm not the kind of person who writes well when there's stressful things going on. I don't write to escape. And so I realized that I couldn't always just rely on this, go get them, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It was also a real struggle with depression at that time. It was the first time since college that I went back on antidepressants. And, you know, this isn't medical advice or anything like that, but it took me a couple weeks for the medicine I was on to kind of allow me to kind of feel like myself again anyway. And so again, super glad to be on the medicine, but it did take a couple weeks for my body to kind of feel normal-ish again. And so there was that going on. So there was just, there was a ton going on. So we moved in the spring and I basically spent the entire summer not really writing. Like I said, my main focus was healing my muse. I read a lot of books on creativity. I read a lot of just real inspiring types of classics in that realm. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert was a really good one. Bird by Bird was another one I read. I read a lot of books like that. I read a lot of just self-help kind of about productivity and personal development, getting healthy, you know, those kinds of things, and really just spent that summer focusing on that. And then the other thing that happened that summer was as a direct result of my husband losing his job at the church and us moving, my writing business had to take on more of the financial burden 
for the family up until then. I had been writing and I had been earning money and some of that money had been going back into the family, but most of the money was just put back into the business and the money that was put into the family was not significant enough, um, you know, that when my husband lost his job, that it could easily replace that or something. And so I had the financial kind of stress for the first time in our marriage, in addition to all the other stress going on. And in my sort of quest for finding more inspiration and good reading and books that would help, I started to also study my money mindset, which isn't even a term that I had heard of really until that summer. But I started to read a lot of books about money mindset and how we have so many limiting beliefs about money that really do hold us back. And one of the huge ones comes back to when my husband was a pastor in this itty bitty small town with lots and lots of, you know, what you think of as like small town politics going on and small town gossip. And so it was definitely the type of thing. I mean, picture being the wife of a pastor in this itty bitty, you know, very conservative small town church where the pastor's wife is not expected to be a businesswoman. She's not expected to bring in a regular paycheck. She's expected to, you know, teach Sunday school and keep her kids, you know, quiet and polite during the services on Sunday, things like that. It was the first time when we moved out of that situation and the first time where my husband wasn't a pastor where I realized that I didn't have to limit my potential in terms of earnings. Up until that point, I basically said, I want to earn enough that we can kind of fill in this gap between what's reasonable for raising a family of five and what a typical pastor salary is. Anything beyond that was like, it felt superfluous and it didn't feel safe for me to earn beyond that because it would have gotten people talking. <laughs> and the fact that my husband was on salary from a church where people donated money, like there, there's always this sense of, well, you don't want to have more money than the people who are donating to the church so that you can have groceries, right? So the first time my husband wasn't a pastor was the first time I realized, okay, first of all, I knew I had to pitch in more because there was a period where he didn't have a job. And then there was also this sense of, you know what, I can earn $100,000. I could earn $200,000. People aren't going to be talking behind our backs because first of all, they're not going to know how much I'm making. Second of all, it's not their business. And third of all, my husband's not being supported by donations anymore. So it doesn't really matter. You know, our financial business is nobody's business, but our own. And so I started really working on my money mindset that summer and started really diving deep into what were these limiting beliefs I had like the ones I just talked about, like a pastor's family shouldn't earn more than, you know, enough to cover the bare necessities or things like that. And getting over some of my money mindsets is what gave me, or some of my money hangups is what I should say, is what gave me the kind of freedom to realize that I could earn more and I could do so without feeling guilty and that I could also use my money for amazing things. Because I grew up, part of my sort of money mindset story is seeing my dad who was so, so generous to charities growing up. And I love that he modeled like amazing generosity, but it was to the point where it was like a stoic generosity. So it was something like 
we can either go out to dinner or we can support this hospital kind of thing. It was an either or. And what I realized kind of diving into my own money mindset is I had learned and I had picked up that money was only good if you gave it away and any money that you kept for yourself made you bad and selfish. And what I learned as I was kind of going through my money mindset is just the more money you have, the more impact and change that you can make in the world, whether that's, you know, donating or whether that's through other means. So basically what happened was I had to confront this notion that you could either be well off or generous and began to realize that it doesn't have to be either or like that. And I realized that you can be really, really, really generous and also live comfortably. And if you live comfortably, kind of like what, what I've been saying is I, I don't write well when I'm stressed. I don't write well. Like I tried once having an office in cement basement (laughs) with like an itty bitty window, like at the very top of the wall that let in like six inches of sunlight, unless there was snow on the ground, in which case the only thing coming out my window was snow. I tried that and it didn't work for me. And so what it led me to realize was like, I can get myself a nice office. I can surround myself with things that make me feel inspired and I can do that. And that's going to help me actually make more money, which is going to enable me to be even more generous. And so these are just a couple examples. I'm not saying that you all need to go and buy yourself something pretty for your office. And I'm not saying that you all need to go out and, you know, donate 50% of your revenue. I'm just sharing this as an example of some of the money hangups that I had to get over in order to feel safe reaching another level of success. That's another really big thing with money hangups is that we kind of get this threshold of what we're comfortable with. And until we can expand that threshold, we're always going to subconsciously try to live within this sort of comfort area, you know, like a thermostat. And so if you can adjust sort of your mental thermostat as to how much money is a comfortable, safe amount for you, then really amazing things can happen to that. So that was two summers ago that I spent really working on my creativity, working on healing my muse and working on my money mindset and realizing that it was safe for me to earn more money. And the more money that I earned, the more good that I could do. It didn't mean that I was going to turn into some, you know, snobby, selfish person. And so even though I wasn't actively writing that whole summer, it was very transformational. So then that summer turned to fall. Things were going pretty good. I was feeling like I was getting close to being able to at least think about fiction again. And I even told my husband, like, I think next week is when I'm going to start my next book. And that's when the job situation changed very unexpectedly. And we were faced with yet another move. Because the problem with real small town living is that if you lose your job in that very, very, very small town, it's really hard to find another job in that very, very, very small town. So that is why we ended up moving twice in 2018. And we moved into a bigger area. And again, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, there goes, (laughs) there goes my fiction again. Because by that point, I kind of knew like if we moved, it was going to take me a while to get back into the fiction world. But I also knew just like with other bouts of writer's block that I had gone through that the writing was going to come back. The creativity was going to come back. 
and it was going to be okay. So we have been living here where we're at for about a year and a half. And looking back over the past year and a half, I think the biggest change has been my not switching focuses, but adding the focus of like resources for authors that all began after this most recent move where I, I did my first course on Facebook ads for authors. I did a mastermind group teaching authors different advertising platforms. I started our membership site. I started this podcast. That all happened here. And what I love about it is, again, it's shown me that things don't have to be either or. Kind of going back to that idea of generosity and how being rich or being generous or being well off and being generous doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And what I've learned here, and I think my biggest takeaway from this stage of my life, is that I don't have to be a coach for authors or a fiction writer. I can do both. And so that has been another really neat lesson that I learned here. And then the other lesson that I learned specifically from the pandemic is, again, it's okay to slow down. I talked about that a lot in the episode right before this. So, you know, it's it's really fun for me to just go and do this recap thinking, like, it was only two years ago that my husband stopped being a pastor. At that point, like I said, I was only contributing enough to the family to kind of, you know, bridge that gap between what a family of five needs to survive <laughs> and what a pastor's salary is. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a huge thing, but with each move, with each life change, with each kind of boost in the business, you know, I've been able to more to that. I'm continuing to work on my money mindset. That's not something that like you learn once and you get, you know, fine with. So like this Facebook ads course launch that I did last week, it was a stretch for me because I'm, I'm used to more and more money coming in. Like my fiction business is still growing, but when you're doing like a course launch, it's a lot of money right at once. And then that money might be, you know, I might not launch something like this again for another 12 months. So it's just, it's a different type of income stream where it's like, it's a lot of money at once, but then it's not going to be that same amount, like from month to month. And I had to get over this hang up of, okay, well, if I get a lot of money in the bank account at once, my husband and I are going to fight about how it's going to be used. Like there are, there are things like that kind of going back to having this like amount of money in your head that you're comfortable with, because it's what you're used to and having to be okay changing that. So like my money mindset is constantly being improved on and worked on as the business grows. But I think, you know, as I think about leaving where we are right now, I think one of my biggest takeaways is going to be, you know, having this business mindset in addition to the art mindset, you know, and I had done that before. I was very active in marketing and things like that. But I guess when I'm talking about business, I'm talking more about like, I got set up as an S-Corp now. I'm actually running a payroll to myself as opposed to just being a sole proprietor. Like all this kind of new stuff, new paperwork. Like that's all stuff I learned here and got set up here. And like I mentioned, I'm also really trying to take care of my health, prioritize that, prioritize family time. I spent many years hustling for the fiction and it worked and I'm glad I did it, but now I recognize it's time to 
slow down a little bit and think about the hustling is coming in periods of time as opposed to like every single day. So for example, going back to how I used to write, which was like two and a half hours in the afternoon and another two hours in the evening, five days a week, like 12 months a year. Instead of doing that, I'm, I'm really looking at it as, okay, for these next couple weeks, this is going to be my one project that I really focus on. Then I'm going to come up for air and just enjoy life. So, you know, I hope that can be another takeaway for you guys is that hustling is good for a season, but it's also really good to allow yourself those coming up for air moments. So I'm super excited to see what kind of lessons get gleaned out of this next move. I also absolutely hope it's our last move for quite a while. And again, I just want to thank you guys for being here. And I hope that you can take, you know, whatever stage you're at in your business, that what I was speaking to at the different stages in my business, that you got something useful from that as a takeaway. And I would just like to invite you like to look at your own money mindset, see if you've got some limiting beliefs about money that might be holding you back to look at your pace and see maybe you're at the season where it makes absolute sense and really you just need to be the nose to the grindstone. But I also encourage you to recognize when it's going to be time to come up for air and to be sure to honor that as well. So thanks again for being here. I hope that you are safe and well and healthy and we will talk to you real soon.